Bev's Video Kingdom is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Bev's Video Kingdom is brought to you by Kunu's Surf School. <laughs> hey guys, you guys want to learn to surf out there? Well, uh, just go to kunusurfschool.com and click the button that says make an appointment. Okay, no, just move your mouse over there and just... No, don't try. You're just going to click it. Do le- No, do less. No, do more. No, you got to do more than that. Okay, click click the button. No, do less. So do more. Click it. No, you're doing too much. Okay, take your hand off the mouse completely. Okay, don't do anything. Well, you have to do something to click the, just click the button. Just do it and feel it, and then you'll, you got it. All right, we'll, we'll just sign you up, and we'll get you out there. Come to Kunu Surf School and sign up. You're going to you click the button. We'll figure it out. All right, you're ready. Okay, all right. KunuSurfSchool.com for your Hawaiian surf lessons. <laughs> <laughs> Too less. <laughs> no, you're going to have to do more than that. <laughs> now you're just laying there. Now you're just laying there. Hey, Bev's Video Kingdom people, are you guys ready? I'm going to make a controversial statement at the top of this episode, and I'm going to find out if you guys think this is controversial or not. As Nate unwraps a delicious Kit Kat, I am going to say... That's ASMR this... right off the bat for you. <laughs> Kit Kat ASMR moment, folks. You there it is. This is my favorite comedy of all time, you guys. And I say that with no hyperbole. I think this is nearly a perfect movie, my favorite movie of all time, and that is Forgetting Sarah Marshall, directed by Nick Stoller, written by Jason Siegel, 2008. Comes in in an hour and 51 minutes. I I will talk about the length of a lot of these Judd Apatow, either directed or produced movies later on in this pod, but hour 51, I do not feel there's a point where this movie drags. I just love it so much. This movie costs $30 million and made $105 million. It stars Kristen Bell, Jason Siegel, Mila Kunis, Paul Rudd, Russell Brand, Bill Hader, Jack McBriar, and Jonah Hill. I mean, we did a movie a couple weeks ago, Crazy Stupid Love, that has a murderer's row of, uh, of actors in it. And I just think that this is just such a spectacular cast. What do you guys think? I just, I mean, fuck. Everybody is killing it in this movie. I, I agree. I mean, the fact that you bring together a lot of folks that are coming in in little small roles that are that are, that are are killers. I mean, Paul Rudd coming in just a small role and just doing a lot with the little. You got to love a movie like that because it, it, it never really loses pace because you always have somebody good coming into the scene. Somebody, even when it's a small scene with somebody else, you got somebody who's coming in with some some great comedy. So it's well, well, and, and, fun I mean, all the way around. And and to piggyback, I mean, that's just the the names on the sort of masthead, right? But there are the 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 actors that are in this that are in the second and third tier roles are incredible, right? The bartender, 
The bartender's so funny. The delivery's so good. And his buddy, that who's the like sort of the brunch guy. Oh yeah, so good. The couple, the honeymoon couple. So McBriar. Oh, he just killed. But I mean, me his wife is, is great. Oh, she's right? so and she's good. sort of you know. I mean, so there's just a lot of a lot of layers here. Everybody's good in it. It's funny up and down the line. You talk. I hear people say, you know, like this is a perfect movie, right? For different movies, and I don't. It's I don't mostly know. me saying that. But I'm saying. For any given movie, right, you'll you'll see that as a statement. Like, I think this is a perfect movie, and you kind of say, well, what does that mean, really? And I guess the simplest way is that when you look at the movie for what it is or what it's supposed to be, like, what would you want to change, take away, complain about, right, in our terms, right? Like, what's the body bag? And I've got, like, maybe one that I can argue about, but there's very, but, but I, I can't disagree with that, right? For what it is, it comes at you in a different way, right? It's, it's not your standard setup, Right? You don't see movies kind of with this exact setup. It plays sort of silly, equal parts with serious, you know, in terms of the comedy. It's just, I mean, you know, I have tons to say, but it's great up and down the line. And I, I can't immediately tell you you're wrong, Zach. So Siegel wrote this movie. He says it's based off of three individual breakups that he had. One of them with Linda Cardellini. I don't know if you guys know Linda Cardellini from Freaks and Geeks and from uh, Dead to Me and uh, a whole bunch oh, of different yeah. stuff. I love her. She's absolutely great. I didn't even know they dated. She was a co-star in Freaks and Geeks. Uh, she was not the one that he broke up that broke up with him while he was naked. I guess a girl actually did break up with him while he was naked. The the beginning of this movie just absolutely hits the ground running he's home he's home at his house and they just they set everything up with the cool like e hollywood uh you know clips clips of the movie but i just love the little montage that starts at the beginning of him just being a silly guy at home trying to write his musical and then after she breaks up with him like the montage of him just being an absolute mess it's killer the soundtrack is killer all the actors just absolutely kill it. Nick, what do you think? Same thing with you. Um, from the from the jump, right? Like seeing like the full frontal, like the quick the quick dick shot <laughs> as soon and as he's covering his mouth like he gasps and it's like <laughs> he could be completely clothed or naked. It does not matter. He doesn't he's completely lost touch of his limbs and uh all, his, his, all, all his, five his of dick. Them. Yeah. And uh I mean it's absolutely hilarious the first time you see that you're like that's fucking hilarious but and then he's sitting there on the couch he's not putting his clothes on you realize he's not because <laughs> he knows what's gonna happen yeah, it's gonna right. be over right. if he puts his clothes he can't on. put his clothes on right um and then he you know then then everything else and all the other characters from there is great um but what you're missing is one of the funniest parts in the movie is when he comes out and he's he does the thing where he's got like a half hard dick and he, he slaps his thighs with it and oh, does the I love <laughs> it. Oh, you hear I, it? Yeah, you like, hear I it. I got a surprise <laughs> for you. Oh my God, and I was it's like, so funny. and you know, what I thought, I thought, God, when I see that, I just, I wish I'd never, I've never, I, I could say I'd never done that. <laughs> Probably. <didn't. laughs> it's so funny. I like that they don't show it and you hear it. Yes. Is, is yeah. there any guy that's never done that? Oh, I think there's there's probably guys that can't do it, but if you can, you're doing it. <laughs> I think. <laughs> and you're smiling like that if you are. Oh, I got that. No, but I, I love it. I've always loved it. It's it's hilarious uh, from start to finish. I didn't realize it was pushing two hours, um, but at the same time, I don't know where you where you cut much more. I always like comedies, you know, if they can be under 145. But you know what? This is a great one, and I've never thought of this one as a long. Uh, comedy, so because so, it never drags. So I had a slightly different runtime. 
it turns out that I bought the unrated version of this at some I, point I in the distant did. past, and I clicked that on, and I was like, wait a minute, there's some things here that I don't remember. And for the first time in the history of film, the unrated version did not get me more boobs. It nope. got me more penis. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not like really complaining for more se. minutes of Siegel's I'm just penis. saying that, like, I was like, oh, they meant unrated that I get to see Siegel's penis seven more times. <laughs> In the beginning? Lucky, oh, yeah. Lucky Lots you, more. bro. Yeah, club. A <laughs> lot of seagull. A <laughs> lot more seagull. Yep. Well, you know, it's what it is. I'm just saying. I, that was the, They added about four minutes of, of dick. I almost went unrated, and I like decided for like a good three minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm, I, it's, it's just a different path is what it is. I mean, there's no boobs in this movie. That's that's one thing that, that I mean, it shows. Uh, well, we got Mila Kunis's not her boobs. Exactly, so, they're not so. they're not her boobs. That's fake. That's some fake. Uh, that's some fake boobs. I think they're in the. They're not none in the early in the like montage. Okay, maybe maybe girls. when he's hooking up with girls at the beginning, there are not. There are. There's not. no I mean, boobies. I in the side boob. I think in the unrated version, tasteful there side might boob. Be. I think in the, the unrated might have a little more. So maybe I did. Maybe I did get a little bit of. Uh, Side boob with my with my wiener, but this movie kind of flips that on its ear, right? I mean, all, a lot of these raunchy comedy movies got a lot of boobs and a lot of and a lot of stuff like that. And I mean, this just goes full male, full frontal nudity right off the beginning. I don't think. I mean, unless you're just like super, uh, what's the word? Like, uh, what 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 would what would you call someone that's uncomfortable with male nudity? Prude. Homophobic. Homophobic. Unless you're super, <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't come up with a it. Prude. Unless you're just super homophobic, it's so funny. Or it's so. Or funny. you're gay, but you're very prudish. Well, it's very like you're like you're super. I racist. have a theory that most super homophobic people are gay, but either either way, I just think that it hits every note. I absolutely love it, Brad. How many times have you seen this movie? I. The funny thing is, so I think this was the second time I've seen it. Okay. And it's not because I didn't enjoy it. I mean, the first time, I, I really liked it. And then I might have seen, like, part of it later on, like, on, on some, when I used to have cable and, like, it was on. And then, so this watching, there was, it was one of those points where I got to the middle and I was like, fuck, I don't remember exactly how this ends. Like, I know it's, I kind of know the, some of the little, the little beats along the way, but it, it really was kind of like a surprise. Like, okay, how's this exactly end? So, um, I had fun with it, though. It is a fun watch. I will say there was one time I was like, I looked at the time. I was like, okay, this is a long movie. Like, I mean, of course, Apatow is known for that. But yes. it was just like one of those things where I was like, okay, we're a little long here. I feel like it could have been tightened up just a little bit. But there's a bunch of characters, like I said, I had fun with that I enjoy seeing on the screen. Whether it's the uh, uh, the dude that he's doing the, the pig cookout with or it's the bartender or whether it's Paul Rudd. Like, just all those people along the way, I enjoyed. Jack McBriar. Well, I'll talk about him later, but man, I'm just, those types of characters are a lot of fun. McBriar's just a slayer, dude. He's just an absolute killer. Okay, so directed by Nicholas Stoller, correct? Now, Brad, this dude's your dude. Nicholas Stoller <laughs> is just after Brad's heart. I mean, he wrote two, not one, but two Muppet movies. What? <laughs> I mean, Muppets Most Wanted and the Muppet Movie, yeah. So, 
I mean, if he could have thrown in that that Christmas Muppet movie, I mean, this guy might be your favorite director of all time. Am I <laughs> am I correct or incorrect? Um, yeah, he's done a lot of he, he's he really enjoys doing a lot of uh, uh, things that are geared towards kids and and stuff like this. He's got he's done some like cartoons and different things. So he's he's been involved in a lot of like children's programming, I guess you could say. Uh, but the Muppets are kind of one of those all ages type thing. They kind of <laughs> I think they appeal to not just kids but Bro, children like, of all ages. Okay. Including adults. <laughs> <laughs> we'll agree to disagree on that. The, the other thing that I just want to really quickly touch on before we get into uh, drinking with Nick Stoller is Mila Kunis in this movie. Is is this, okay, so is I don't know if it's sexist to say or if we'll get canceled for yeah, this, but sexist. I think this is peak hotness for, for Mila Kunis. Like, I, I don't think that's sexist. I think she's just unbelievably beautiful in this movie. She's in that tier that I kind of talked about a couple podcasts ago with Jennifer Lawrence and Emma Stone. While while beautiful, are just seems so cool and funny and just a good hang the entire movie. You know, she's a strong, she's a pretty strong female character. I think she she kind of knows what she wants. She doesn't take any shit. She's just ready to freaking throw down with dude. And uh, I just I, I I love her in this movie. I really like Kristen Wiig too, but I think Mila really stands out in this so- one. There's a question I have about Mila Kunis is that, of course, as you said, she seems like the like uh, the the girl that can hang with the dudes, yes. like like fun, like in that way. I don't know if she if that's really who she is, or if she has just like the marketing people that are behind her. Like, you need to go ahead and go ahead and do a Jim Beam advertising campaign because <laughs> all of a sudden she's out there like selling uh, bourbon, and I'm like. Wait, is she just like the the coolest girl ever? She's like slinging bourbon and like saying, that, "Oh, I want to drink some bourbon with you and like hang out." I'm like, "Damn!" Nick's wife Denise, she's a big bourbon fan too. So she's also yeah, the she coolest, super cool. See, that's what I'm saying. You got those, Very those cool. Lady. They're they're far and few between. Denise. <laughs> <laughs> one thing one thing about you know about her her character in this movie is I just, I feel like, I feel like you're right. And, and that's the, that's the question, right? Are, are, is that who she is? I mean, that she's, it makes me question her character as a real person. The fact that she married Cooch, the Cooch. I just, I can't get behind the Cooch. I love Butterfly You don't like Ashton Kutcher? I have no problem with Ashton Kutcher. He's, I didn't, he's cool. I didn't, I don't know if I think he's cool. I, I didn't like I guess I liked him on that 70s show, but I didn't like her really at all. She didn't do it for me. I think she was too funny on that 70s show, which is a show that I liked. Um, you know, it was around when, when we were younger, but I'm not, I'm not sure where Are I'm going Are they still together? That. Oh, yeah. They're married, bro. They've been I mean, together for a while, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think they have multiple kids and, yeah. you know. 70s show was tough because, man, it was like two in my wheelhouse. Mila Kunis and, and Laura Prepon were both like... Gosh! No wait, they're not together because he married Demi Moore. Then they divorced. Yeah, they divorced. Bro. Yeah, I think they've been they've been together. They were together and then for a long time not together, and now they're married. I think. Yeah, Mila Kunis and, and they were together on that seventy oh, show. Man. They broke up. He married Demi Moore, oh, and, and then they broke then. up, and then he married. And, and and then you know we'll oh. do another podcast. The, in 10 the wise years old and, woman taught him like the ways, like to be yeah. like a good man. He'll, he'll be married to somebody else he in went ten to years. Pi May up on the up on the <laughs> hill. <laughs> he went through some of that GI Jane training. Oh, GI Jane! That one will be on the pod in year seven. I've never actually seen it. It's really good. Again, surprise! Double feature: GI Jane and Shawshank Redemption. I have not seen. <laughs> <laughs> That's a double feature. So. We're going to go over to our new category sponsored by Drinking with the Director and Writer, brought to you by Last Call Brewing. 
Last call. Oakdale, California. Home of the future BVK. Hazy IPA. We are going to be... I don't know if it's going to be hazy. hazy. I thought you guys said guys tried to sneak that in there really quick. I was preferring it to be a hazy IPA. I thought Zach said hazy. You know know I'm good with whatever, but we always have the hazy on tap here. We, We can see. We we can decide what we want, which way we want to go. I wonder. We'll talk that out. I wish Walter were here. I'd ask him how you make it hazy, and is it just that you pour like Grenadine. milk in it? <laughs> <laughs> this is a milk. They they do have they do right certain beers that they're like oh this beer has been Milky. enhanced by lactose. Oh, yeah. Lactose and yeah. my lactose intolerant body is like <laughs> I will right. pass. I I mean I'm not going to talk about anybody in particular, but there's definitely folks I know when they drink lactose involved beers. I know that they've drinking lactose involved beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can say it's your wife. <laughs> oh, damn. Uh, Nate, Nate will not be on the next podcast because he's going to get murdered in his sleep for that. I, actually, I mean, actually, I'll probably get murdered. I actually don't. I actually, I actually was just taking a shot in the dark there. Apparently, you know, blind squirrel and all. <laughs> so are we drinking with the director? So we're going to drink with the director and the writer because I thought maybe we bring Jason Siegel in just because I personally love Jason Siegel. So what is everybody drinking? Nate, you've got a delicious looking drink there. What is what is that? Well, the supply shortage finally um, sorted itself out and I've got grenadine again. Oh, thank God. I was worried about that. So I've got Diet Pepsi, Buffalo Trace, courtesy of uh, you, Zach. And uh, a squirt of grenadine. I see his little. It's a squirt bottle of grenadine. I didn't know they make like little. Squirt yeah, it's bottles not the like classic that. like roses or whatever they. Yeah, it's like a it's like a fancier squirt bottle. It tastes pretty much the same. In case you guys think this is a bit, <laughs> there's actually like a 64 well, ounce bottle of grenadine sitting on Nate's bar here. <laughs> yeah, it, it's next to the ice and a bottle of Diet Pepsi, and it, then a whole shit ton of uh, whiskey. It would be funnier if it was a bit, but somehow it's just sad. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, what you drinking tonight, bud? I'm drinking, uh, you know, considering that uh, the weather around here right now, I mean, we're all sweatered up. We got heaters going and shit. I'm drinking the flip-flop tank top. Ooh. <laughs> the the uh, guava colch that they have uh, over at Last Call Brewing. Uh, it's it's my favorite, just super refreshing, drinkable beer. It's best in the summer, but you know what? You can drink it when it's cold as fuck, too. Dude. That looks really cool. I like can. the can is sick. Our boy Walter came through on that one. Yeah, on a gloomy kind of winterish day, you got a can like this. It, it warms you up. When does Walter not come through? You know uh, what I mean? Uh, That's all buried. the guy does. It's Nick, true. what are you uh, what are you pairing with those Skittles that you're eating one by one? <laughs> Nick's eating Skittles. He's got a. I'm not trying to give indivi- a, a Skittles pack <laughs> ASMR for every. <laughs> Every 14 Skittles in my... Every 32 pack. minutes of the potty eats one Skittle and sucks on it. And step away from the mic as I'm <laughs> chewing it. Are, are you mixing through the colors? Like, do you have a color choice? Like, I gotta go green this time? You know, it's been a while. This is the purple pack, and it's been a while since I've had the purple pack. Oh. I don't remember. Wait, sorry. Oh, is it, is it separate? It's not the standard It's like the mixed pack. berry. It's the mixed berry. It's oh, like yeah, the dark mixed berry. It's not as good, but, you know, it's delicious still. Make do. Um... I'm drinking, uh, thanks to Nate, I'm drinking his on tap uh, taco truck, lager, light stuff, keeping it light too. Dust Bowl Brewing. That's right, Dust Bowl Brewing out of Turlock, California. It's delicious, crisp on the tongue. And I (laughs) am staying on brand, and uh, I was at the house today, and my wife said, uh, 
you going to drink this last call beer you got in the fridge? And I said, I didn't know I had a last call beer in the fridge. <laughs> Apparently, when Walter was here last time, I took some beer home. It was still in my fridge, and I was drinking karate in the garage before I even came down here. And let me tell you guys a little something about karate in the garage. Not only is it just a super awesome name, but holy shit, I drank one large cup of it, and I was like, all right. I might need to Uber over to Nate's house to do the pod because <laughs> it got me a little faded. It was absolutely delicious. Walter, you're doing good things, brother. Okay. So we're bringing in Nick. We're bringing in Jason. All I have written down here is ask Brad about puppets, but you know. We'll get to that. <laughs> we'll save that for Shag Snag body bag. I promise. It's coming out 100%. I just want to really quick recap what this guy has done. Nick Stoller, as a director, he had a pretty good run here. He went for getting Sarah Marshall, get him to the Greek, five-year engagement, Neighbors 1, and Neighbors 2. He's done a couple of things since then that I haven't seen that I don't think did super great. But, I mean, just listen to these numbers. So, Forgetting Sarah Marshall cost $30 million, made $105 million. We've got Get Him to the Greek cost $40 million, made $91 million. Five-year engagement, didn't make any money. Neighbors, the first one cost $18 million, made $290 million. Damn. Neighbors 2, $35 million, made $98 million. This guy's making fucking money, and he is making some funny-ass movies. Uh, Get Him to the Greek is... Have you seen Get Him to the... Have, have you guys all seen... I have not, but I'm, I'm 100% interested since it has... Uh, multiple characters in this movie that are like carryover, correct? Yeah, I mean, except well, for Jonah Hill. Jonah, Jonah Hill is a different not, character. He's a different character. He's, what other characters other than Russell Band- Brand? You I think know, that's I don't it. Remember? Uh, Wait, doesn't uh, uh, Kristen Bell make a little cameo? Oh, oh, maybe she does. Maybe, yeah, the movie's the movie's not good. I, I mean, compared got, to Forgetting Sarah Marshall, right. I mean, I guess if it was a standalone movie, I'd be like, ah, oh, it was okay. But when I went into it saw it in the theater and was like this is going to be the best movie of all time because it's bringing back these characters that i love it was not good i, di- I didn't love it but is russell Brent does he carry the movie it's a, like, it's a basically it's, it's his movie he and, like, he it's and a movie Hill. for all i'd say snow. so so it de- it, i guess it depends on your on your opinion of of uh russell brand because the dude do you know what he, he basically russell he's brand. now like like kind of like a spiritual guru like he like that's what he does online is just basically talk about spiritualness and like kind of how you should live life and he's like all about just like good vibes he has a podcast and stuff so he's ex-heroin reformed heroin addict recovered heroin addict uh i i love russell brand i think he's very funny uh but only in certain stuff his stand-up's a little rough for me yeah so get him to for me get him to the greek is too much exactly and like, he's okay. it, it's it's an overdose of him so we're going to talk about it or, or we'll talk about it right now I, I think russell brand is almost kind of the straight man in this movie i mean he's really not over the top or too crazy i mean uh, oh i think that's calling him a straight man is the, is a sneaky great take which yeah. is because he sort of has this like weird flourish, but that's exactly it. Like he's just kind of this like straight ahead, ultra honest. Exactly. And then everything gets played off of that. Exactly. He does have probably like one of my favorite lines. I was like, man, if you want to be as ruthless as you could ever be to a person, when he tells Jonah Hill, when he says, he's like, hey, man, did you listen to my, my, my CD? <laughs> he's like, oh, that's right. You had my CD. And, but then uh, I, I went about. I, I just, just listened to it. Went and on living my life. Living my life. <laughs> 
like, God damn, that's ruthless. <laughs> ruthless, but nice at the same time. You know what I mean? He wasn't really being a dick. At work, I'm like, when when people start asking me about things, they're like, oh, did you get take care of that for me? I think I'm just going to ba- drop that line. I will say that I kind of dropped a line like that the other day <laughs> at, at work. <laughs> and not even to be like mean. I was super just like busy and uh, walking around uh, work. And it was like a side project I was asked to do by a coworker and just asked, uh, you know, did you get around to, how's, how's it going with that, with that thing? You know, are you, anything happening on it? And I said, no. <laughs> just best answer. Classic line. No, but anyways, maybe like, no. <laughs> just a little inflection. Because I just didn't, I didn't have it in me to like explain or over explain much. And I kind of joked about it. Or make an excuse. And he, exactly. he laughed, he laughed after and I kind of laughed too. I'm like, no, it's not that. It's just, you know, I haven't got around to it and we laughed and, I don't know if he was bugged by it or not, but uh, yeah. He's like, I really would like if you uh, paint me and my dog like, <laughs> yeah. close. Could you just paint a picture of I us? just want a tasteful nude of me and my dog. <laughs> oh. So what do you got for these guys' names? <laughs> they're sitting at the table. Can, can like, I ask one real quick question? I, I have one important question, I, and, and Zach, this is kind of up your alley. Is Mila Kunis in this movie, is she, a, is she an MPDG? Is she a Manic Pixie Dream Girl? Yes. I think so. I think she's... She's, I don't know what that is. What is that? So Act- Manic, what is that? So Manic Pixie Dream it's Girl is like uh, every movie has the Manic Pixie Dream Girl. So you have your bitchy, mean girl that you either break up with or she cheats on you or whatever it is. And then you move on. And some point in the movie, you meet either Zoe Deschanel or Kate Winslet from Spotless uh, Sunshine. Yeah, totally. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I mean, there's so many different examples of this. And she is super nice. She's super funny. She's a good hang. She's beautiful. And she basically is there to make the main character feel good about themselves. Exactly. Natalie Portman in uh, Garden State. Like there's so there's so many of them in all these movies. And they, the Manic Pixie Dream Girl is kind of the uh, the kind of just the acronym that's been coming up with for people to explain that character away. It's kind of tropey at this point, but it's gonna continue to go. And I think she is because. Like you said, I mean, she's awesome. She's really cool. She's super understanding. She's everything that Kristen Bell is not, right? Yeah, so so I want to jump off that. So so there's an, this interesting moment, and I actually, if I was going to criticize the movie, this might be a, a slight nitpick. So he's sitting down with Kristen Bell, right? And he says, like, you know, get pushing her to say why she broke up with him. And he, she's giving him all this bullshit, right? And then she finally lays it out. Right. And he's like, you didn't even try. And she's like unloads on him. And she's like, oh, I didn't try. And then she lays all these things out. And to this point in the movie, you've been kind of like, you know, we were supposed to hate Kristen Bell and think that she just fucked him over. But then you you hear her case and it's like one of these examples where you're like, oh, like, yeah, it reminds you. You know what I mean? And, and it's funny. The older I get, the more I have this perspective, right, where I'm like, you know, I'm hearing this and like – but I know there's another side to this. I know I'm hearing it from one side and I want to try to keep that in mind. And this is like one of the few examples where you really get that like kind of other side. And for a minute you're like, Oh, wait a minute. Like it's not that you hate, you have to, you're trying to choose. You're just like, Oh, this is complicated. Right. And then, you know, maybe my critique is they don't ride that very long. Cause she kind of jumps right back into being this like bitch pretty kind quickly. Bitch. Where yeah. she and that's like, Judd Apatow, right? Like he, he, I uh, read a little, a clip where he talked about, you know, I talked about, we, we wrote a movie that was a drama first, 
knowing that the funny shit would work its way in to a comedy. Okay. You build the drama with you build the drama with the interesting characters, the deep characters with layers to them, complicated layers. Right. And then you got you surround you just insert funny ass people into it. And, you know, you get forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah, I mean, it's and that's a great, you know, that that definitely describes exactly this. And, and that's one of the things, you know, you talk about being a perfect movie. Part of what makes it a perfect movie is that, like, there's there is that layering where you 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 don't complete, you know, you you get through the movie and you sort of have this feeling like you have some real sympathy for Sarah Marshall. Right. In a lot of parts of it. And she's far from perfect, right? There's a lot of problems, but there's a lot of moments, even besides this one, where she's really honest, right? She tells him, she's like, you know, he, he she starts to give him this answer. And he's like, we're not on The View. And she's like, I'm super afraid I'm going to, like, be irrelevant and I'm going to, like, be forgotten. Totally. And this, like, vulnerability for a moment where you're like, oh, yeah, okay. Like, you know, just because she broke up with him doesn't mean that, like, she's a terrible person. Just because she's well, famous doesn't mean she's a terrible person. And they feel like they're yeah. two people who just got out of a five-year relationship. Exactly. Yeah, and, that, and that's where it goes to Mila Kunis being kind of the, the manic pixie girl is that they don't develop her as much. Like, she has the crazy ex-surfer boyfriend, and then she's like, I think I should go to college. It's kind of weakly developed, I think, as out of all the characters, she's kind she's of the She's the weakest, yeah, the most one-dimensional. But she's so fun. Like, everything right. that they do together, like, Peter's just this big, like, oh, I'm feeling bad for myself, and she makes every situation fun whether he wants to make it fun or not. Yep. And I think that's kind of the manic pixie dream girl. You're taking this, she's the manic pixie dream girl she is taking everything that his depressedness doesn't want him to do and forcing him into having a good time having this and all that and she's beautiful and you know but nate nate made a great point there about about sarah marshall that's like i try you know i'll I'll get into uh uh, verbal altercations with with my wife quite often and i and i've learned (laughs) i've learned quickly draft position I've learned quickly not to throw out like crazy accusations like that, like you don't try or whatever whatever it is, whatever we're arguing about, because this chick has always got some insane like comebacks like, well, you don't do this and this and, that. and I've got one thing that she's done wrong. And then she'll come back with like 47 <laughs> things that I have done. And I'm like, fuck, I can't even argue with that. God damn it. It ruins my argument real quick. Well, so 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 I, 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 I guess I, I love that layering. The other thing I really want to bring up with the directors and that I think is like a true hallmark of what makes a lot of different movies kind of like, you know, sets them apart is they come at you with things that you go, there's no way you just thought it's like sat around and thought this up and made it work. And that's the Dracula musical, (laughs) right? Like this has to come from a more sincere place. And as somebody who often sings popular songs in weird voices in his car, I can tell you where that place is and it's the weird space where you're alone and you're like, I'm just going to try some things. And once in a while, Paul Rudd does this in movies. So like, you'll see it occasionally where he'll just like, you know, he does a little bit of this, I think in like a slapping the bass, <laughs> you know, calls him Jobin, right? Yeah, like right. he comes up with these things where it's just like, you're just trying stuff and you're, you're and it's not even, it's not even the same as like ad libbing in a movie. It's like those things that have to happen really organically over time. And, and the, I, I gotta say, I'm somebody that generally hates musicals. Um, and I don't love stage and I am all the way in on the Dracula musical. It's so good. I would go and watch that like every night for a week. Like I'm in, in, in on that. 
I, the, the, why is that music so catchy? Well, and why, why is it so my world? Why is it kind of like? Why is it like pluck it like your heartstrings in that movie? Like you see this guy who's like going through this horrible breakup. He plays this corny ass song in this and bar, just, and it's so damn good. And you're like, oh, he's talking about himself. Like he's hurt, and like she's like captivated by it. That's where she like. That's where she falls for him. Maybe. Oh, arguably. I totally have a note about. It's an amazing song. Then you're laughing, and then the dude at the bar just is loving it. His wife's looking at him like, yeah, oh, one guy, the, the one like, guy gets oh, it. He loves it. Oh god, it's the so reaction good. of the bar is the most realistic part of the movie because. They don't go crazy, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's not. It's not it's like last realistic. week when we were talking about the uh, the graduation scene where everybody starts clapping. Exactly. For, yeah, in, in crazy, Steve Carell. In crazy, stupid love. Yeah, they they force that, and this is totally not forced. But right, the look on her face. I was. It, made, it reminded me that like occasionally I have conversations with my wife where she'll where she'll say. Yeah, it's super attractive to see somebody do something that they're both really good at and that they're really passionate about, and it like kind of doesn't matter what else is going on or if it's weird or, you know, if I care about it. And the the look on Mela Kunis's face in the scene is like perfectly that she's just so digging it because she's like, Oh man, like he's really worked on this. So, and and it's so far beyond anything she would have ever maybe like entertained, but because she's, you know, the coolest chick in the world, she's open to it and just like all over it. So why, why, why aren't they doing comedies anymore? I would ask these guys, like you've got, the movie Neighbors that, like, fucking 50 x you know what I mean? You spent $18 million and you made $290 million. Like, Forgetting Sarah Marshall was a big hit. I really liked Five Year Engagement. Like, this guy's done some some really good shit. I feel like the comedy has just kind of gone away. Like, I don't understand what's happening in Hollywood right now. We're just going to remake and do comic book movies? Is I mean, I know this is like a tired take, but I feel like... Around 2010 or something like that, there's just like no more good comedies that have come out. I mean, what after 2010 has been really funny that you guys have gone and been like, oh, I loved that comedy movie. I I, I looked for I looked for a a little while and I couldn't find anything that I thought was spectacular. I don't know if it's because I'm getting old and there's like some really cool comedies that are coming out for young people, but I don't think there are. I think part of it is the transition to TV where there's just so much TV options, whether it's Netflix or whatever, and there's just like a lot of things are going in the TV route. So I think that's a great call, Brad. That's a great call because there's some good, funny TV shows for sure. Yeah. And I I think that it's, it's weird because all of a sudden TV is like the hot place to be. So it's like TV, you can do a little bit more. You can work around like you can have episodes, writer's room where they're kind of developing things as they go along. So, I mean, I think that's kind of what's become the the, the bigger thing more than than movies. Yeah, I mean, I, I so I had this reaction too when we do, we were doing Crazy Stupid Love and I was kind of thinking of like what's the rom-coms of these of this era. And there it definitely has a fall off around that time, but we you miss some really good ones, right? Like there may not be this sort of level, but you get stuff like, um, so in 2018, you get Game Night, which is pretty funny. Um, I liked it, so, but, but I mean. But like you throw it up against like the big dogs. Dead, you know I mean? Deadpool in 2016. No, oh, that's garbage. I mean, you're throwing in those movies up against like 
I mean, a lot of Apatow stuff, like Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Knocked Up, 40-Year-Old Virgin, stuff like that. I but mean, then Anchorman, like we've talked about yeah. Anchorman. And, and Those yeah. silly, the silly, uh, you know, stepbrothers and stuff like that. So, I so mean, the, the, the one standout that, pro- that makes just makes the cut, and maybe you think of this as earlier era, is Bridesmaids 2011. See, that's, that's, that's like, that's, that's when movies that died. Absolutely hilarious. It's nonstop. I think after that, it's done. I mean, maybe Trainwreck was after that. I liked Trainwreck, Trainwreck but Trainwreck, I mean, Trainwreck is good. 21 Jump Street's pretty good. Yeah. I you just, know, there was also kind of a, a a little bit of a lash out against the whole adolescent, like childlike adolescent uh, adult white male. I mean, that, that kind of became a thing where it's like, how many more movies are we going to have where it's like the, the old the, school, the, the, the man child that is, is stunted, but he just like ends up getting the, the hot girl. And like, that was kind of like, there was a backlash against it in, in, in a weird sense. It's weird that a bunch of middle-aged white guys would be into that. <laughs> so I want to throw out a couple things here that before we leave drinking, you guys can, you know, take these if you like and run with them or no, but hater is just all time great. Like, you know, sort of quick matter here. I mean, he's just so good, so funny in all of it. The scene in the kitchen where he's like, you really want to have this conversation right now? <laughs> she is the mother of my underborn child. I mean, he's just... And his obsession with the backgrounds was pretty classic. Unreal, you know. Hey, I'm on the moon. Just so funny. Um, the pediatrician comes in for this quick hitter. Yeah, I was. I, I I had thought that that was his dad for some reason. I know. I Honestly, was it for seems that like too. that's the correct joke. There is that it should be his yeah. dad, but it's, it's like a weird, odd relationship. But he's still seeing his pediatrician. He's like, you should use your dick. All he's like, you should use your dick. You should fuck as much as you can. Just use a condom. It's a good looking dick. Good looking dick. Classic. You're sitting on a fire truck. Um. So, we we talked earlier about just a minute ago about the fact that that uh aldous snow is it aldous mm-hmm. aldous yeah um is kind of the straight man the the exception to that is when he's either in his video or he's on stage doing the thing right and he has this fucking like gyrating like, oh. slow move hip you know, <laughs> full bent over weird like sexy yoga move and then the opening video like you can't sleep on that right do something is one of the all time like great parody <laughs> videos of making fun of so much shit at the same time that's why I pick him every time in our made up uh, he takes oh the cops guns <laughs> he takes the cop guns licks them or something and gives them back to him he hugs like all these people in, in uh, like very forms of, of of ethnic dress he fucking i mean he stands there with the like the po- the signs the little like you know <laughs> it's it, it oh, was damn what is that signs what it was very that? david hey. brent from the bbc so- office sodomize intolerance i mean do something all right so so that's all that's all gold i want to talk about hawaiians for a second here and brad you are how much Hawaiian are you? Um, I mean, I'm Portuguese. My my grandpa was born in Hawaii, but it was Portuguese folks that came from Portugal to Hawaii. And I mean, there was like a couple of generations that were there. So, so you're not real Hawaiian. Okay, not, I'm not actual Islander Hawaiian. So, so one of the things like that I like about the the some of you know like the scene on the beach and stuff was like, this isn't the brunch, bro. Like Hawaiians are fucking brutal, dude. Like, you know, it's one, it's kind of a fun, like one of the contrasts I like about it is like, you know, people go to Hawaii as this tropical vacation and the picture on one hand of, of Hawaiian culture is like, it's super, you know, laid back and, and, you know, you know, everything's very cool and paradise. 
But like native Hawaiians who feel like their fucking land has been stolen, they'll yeah. throw the fuck down. Oh, I like, have some. I have some family members. So we did a, a family reunion out there uh, a few years back and talked to some of my family members who've still been there since uh, generations. And they're like, oh yeah, there's there's definitely spots on the island. This is on Oahu. And they're like, there's definitely spots you don't want to. You go don't want to go. Like because you think they'll be like, like yeah. fuck you, Holly, and you're gonna get your ass beat. Yeah. No. I mean, and and they you get a little snippet of that here, which I kind of like. Um, but it is just, yeah. So my last quick comment here is, does Peter really have that kind of game to get Mila? Well, I mean, early on, right? Like he decides he's going to go and just plow through a bunch of chicks, right? And every one of the girls that like is in those funny scenes, he are, is really good looking and he seemingly gets them easier. And, but, but so, so the, on the one hand, I'm like, you know, he doesn't strike you as this like sort of Lothario on the other you lo- I love the scene where he's sitting there, the first set of girls, and he's like su- brutally honest. He's like, "You guys are both very attractive to me," and he's looking at them, trying to see who's like so going to take so it. You're so and it's silly. like he's, te- he's testing like which one's going to. And he's like, "I think having sex with you, either of you, would be a wonderful experience." And he's looking <laughs> back and forth, and it's like on the one hand you're like, "This seems silly," but on the other, it's like, "Dude, that's so right on." It's like you know, it's that. Per playing the percentages thing, like you know, manifest in a perfect little scene. So, I, I guess I'm wondering though, you know, is like, do we, is that pushed a little too hard, or do we think Peter really I, just got that swagger? I have the answer to that, and the the answer is yes. Peter, <laughs> Peter, Peter definitely could pull chicks, and there's two reasons why. And uh, one, and this is not the main reason, and that first reason is that he's a funny guy. He's successful, funny guy. He can say, I do the music for this TV show right. that you've heard of, and that is huge. But that's like 10% of it. The other 90%, he's fucking tall. That's all you need. If you are not... You think tall game is just the deal? Uh, I think that tall... I watch a lot of uh, dating shows on Netflix and uh, just absolute garbage TV, like the, the the British version of like Love Island and stuff like that. Every single hot chick on there is like, oh, you know, and you got guys with six pack abs. They're just like, just the most spectacular looking dudes. Little and Zach Efron's. And the chicks are every time just like, <laughs> I mean, he's okay, but he's kind of short. You know what I mean? And they got apologies t- to all the short guys. Tall douches. I mean, these the short guys know. I mean, this is a, this is a known thing. But <laughs> I mean. Tall douchey dudes, tall drinks are du- going to pull chicks douche. because so, so, girls like tall dudes. My question to that though is: Is there any chance that Mila Kunis is into him if she doesn't see the fact that this famous kind of actress was the one who he used to date? Like, if if that connection is not made, like if she just happens not to be there, I don't think there's any chance. That now, that's definitely supposedly that's a, good, that's a thing, good call, Brad. Right? Is that you like you know? You show the girl that your old girlfriend was hot, and she's like, "Oh, well, you're a guy that gets hot girls, so I am hot." Yes, yeah, I think like, I think that plays into it a hundred percent in that situation, if particular he's, situation. If he's five eight, there's no way Mila talks to him more than eight seconds. There's no fucking way he's getting that Kapua suite for so free. What you're basically saying is, if you're tall and you have a previous hot girlfriend, the you just you, sky's the limit. I even eliminate the previous hot girlfriend <laughs> thing. I just I just wow. think if you're all tall, six three or over, it's 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 you're, uh, you're going to do pretty well. Oh, well, you know, I, I I'm not six three, so I can't I can't uh, I can't weigh in. On neither that. N- neither am I. <laughs> neither are we.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Bez Video Kingdom is brought to you by the debut album, You Don't Bring Me Flowers and I'm Going to Kill Myself, by Peter Bretter. Is the greatest songwriter performer of this or any generation, Neil Diamond, too much of a lovey-dovey pussy for you? Then you need to throw away those shitty albums and pick up You Don't Bring Me Flowers and I'm Going to Kill Myself from Peter Bretter. With dark and emotional tracks like Bitter Caroline and songs sung really blue, You'll reach deep into the emotional depths of Peter's heartbroken soul. The moody darkness will have you screaming out in pain, along with the brooding sounds of forever in torn, stained, dark black jeans. So pick up the new album from Peter Bretter, lock yourself in a cold, damp room, and listen to the best album of 2008. You Don't Bring Me Flowers, and I'm Going to Kill Myself. Cold and damp. <laughs> dark. Damn. I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> It's the dark, gothic Neil Diamond the, vibe this, he's going the, for. That legit sounds like something Zach probably would download immediately. <laughs> We're kicking those guys out of here. We're going shag, snag, body bag. So here on Bev's Video Kingdom, we like to break down the movies into three categories. What do we want to shag? What do we want to snag? What do we want to body bag? Fuck, Mary kill whatever you guys want to call it. What is everybody shagging tonight from this movie, Mr. Nate? Well, I'm shagging something that's deeply personal, and that is singing as though you're Dracula. (laughs) (laughs) So one of my favorite, uh, I I, I do a lot of uh, sort of personal voice work, and when I say personal, I just mean I mostly do it for myself in the car when I'm alone. Uh, And so... What I personally like to sing the most uh, in in the Dracula voice is Shut Up and Dance by Walk the Moon. What? Yeah, I do a Dracula version of Shut Up and Dance. So I literally have no idea what this song is. You do if you heard it. It's like a wedding. It's like a wedding dance oh, song. Don't you it dare was. look back. <laughs> no. Don't take your eyes off me. <laughs> She said, you're holding back. I said, shut up and dance with me. Oh, I do know this song. <laughs> you and had the accent good there, bro. Good. I've done a lot of it. So, uh, <laughs> I, for, you know, I think that the, the reason that despite my general hatred of uh, musicals, it's just something really rang deeply true about singing. Fuck. Yeah, uh, <laughs> one. Occasionally, it's, it it strays off into Russian, but I usually I stick with a pretty good Transylvanian accent. But it's uh, close. I mean, oh. Transylvania is right there at the yeah, border. That's I mean, pretty much the same. Can thing, you do? So. Can you do? Uh, what, you just said one. Are we putting in request? That Repeat was the Sesame, the Sesame Street. <laughs> is this request? Repeat for- steps one, two, three, <laughs> two. <laughs> On a future pod, I'll do my uh, my. Paradise by Coldplay as Elmer Fudd. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds amazing. I'm looking forward to that a lot. (laughs) Um, Speaking of deeply personal, uh, if there's any doubt of what I'm going to be shagging here, I I wrote Puppets, Muppets, and Jason Segel. 
I, I think this is on brand and because beautiful. I mean, as much as this podcast has been about me, my 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 favoritism towards uh, Muppets and puppets, the fact that they bring in not only the the Muppet Show, the theme. I mean, he plays on the piano early, and then the fact that this director and Jason Segel go on to make Muppet movies is pretty amazing. And uh, yeah, the, the the puppet Transylvania Dracula scene. All of this is like in my wheelhouse, so I dig it all. Really love it. I'm glad to see the Muppets getting their love. Uh, the Muppets are eternal. They will live forever. They will outlast you all. Fucking train is so loud, Brad. I can't even hear you talking about puppets right now. I don't know if anyone can hear that on the pod. In the outdoor Bev's Video Kingdom studio, we we interact with nature and uh, industry. And and yeah, the, the occasional uh, Santa Fe line train just cruising by. That's right. Delivering your goods just in time for the uh, holidays. No supply chain problem here. Yeah, All I was right. going to say, there, nothing about the railroad is on time. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki, what are we doing here? Before the having the career that I have now, I was a freelance artist that worked from home. You wake up, and uh, it was oil painter, graphic designer, tried to be a jack-of-all-trades, making a living that way. So when this movie came out, it was kind of right up my wheelhouse where you're waking up. Do I stay in my sweats? Do I put on some, like, work clothes <laughs> to make it feel like I'm punching the clock and actually going to a job when I'm just pretty much staying in home or, like, my room slash studio? And then you go through stretches like he did where you take a load off for a second and not that I had a, uh, a ginormous bowl of Fruit Loops, but... Maybe you turn on a movie, maybe you get sucked into that movie and you, uh, you know, take your 15 minute smoke break turns into a two and a half hour Shawshank Redemption run uh, for the 15th time. Um, but just being at home, working from home, just thinking of those kind of like good old days and like hustling, which is what, uh, Peter, um, is doing in the movie and just, um, you know, the you shall not pass from Gan, you know, Gandalf and Lord of the Rings <laughs> and the just the, the, the shenanigans that he gets into while while working from home. And then he gets the call, you know, from Sarah and then he has to act like he was, you know, doing like, some shit. I'm doing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, you're coming home early? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. No, I definitely did the dish. <laughs> so it just made me think of those, you know, those good old days because uh, those feel like a, a long time ago. But love seeing it. And I love how uh, the movie opens with it. I'm going just super straightforward. I'm going Jonah Hill as Matthew the Waiter. I think he steals <laughs> this entire movie. Every scene that he's in, he is the bright spot. He does not have one line that doesn't make me laugh in this whole movie. I mean, six to midnight, when he's talking to his friend on the phone about buying weed <laughs> from him while he's at work. Uh, when he called me at work. Exactly. Know? When he's shaming Jason Siegel about eating alone, every time he's on screen, he absolutely kills me. I'm going to talk more about him later, but oh my God, I just love him so much. His interactions with uh, Russell Brand throughout the movie, it's fucking gold. Are you going to sing the... Inside. Oh, and that's Inside that's even better. Of me. When he's when he's when singing he's, when along. He hits that yeah. Oh my and he god. He's kind of trying to harmonize. He gives the Whitney bit. Houston like it's so good. <laughs> well, what's that what's, little vocal what's the inflection? line when, when he messes up uh, on his on Jason Siegel's order and it was like I'm gonna go kill myself. Gonna yeah. go, <laughs> I'll go fuck myself. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go fuck myself. <laughs> so good stuff. That's our shags. We're moving on to snag. I'm gonna start it off. So. My snag. What? 
these guys are pointing at me, fucking doing all sorts of weird shit. <laughs> we have the board out. We're just trying to figure shit out. Just go. Oh, now he's flipping me off. Thanks, Nick. <laughs> Nick just flipped me off. I did not. He's so making that up. I just I'm calling my own number. We're going sh- uh, shag snag. We're on snag. So my snag is moving to the beach or going to the beach or whatever it is. So at some point in my life, I graduated from high school and I moved to the beach to live next to the beach. Holy shit! It's so fucking awesome. It is so choice. It is so <laughs> awesome. So. I mean, I, I lived there for five or six years. It was some of the greatest times ever. It was weird because I was there as sort of a college student in a really, like, one of the most expensive areas in the world to live, and I had no money. So I couldn't really do a lot of super fun stuff that you can do now when you go there. But, dude, just just that whole thing of, of you know, you know, he goes to Hawaii to forget or to remember or to whatever it is. It doesn't matter, but... When you when you can do that sort of thing, it's just it's just the greatest. I love it. Freaking living by the beach was some of the coolest shit ever. We ended up moving a back away from the beach because we were living in literally a, the tiniest apartment ever, two blocks away from the beach that was like twenty five hundred dollars a month. So we moved away, but it was awesome while it lasted. Is it weird that I don't like the beach? It, it is weird. <laughs> That is weird. Why don't you I like don't the believe, beach? You don't like the beach? I mean, there are things about the beach I like. I just don't like sand. Like, well, which you, is weird because we've like spent many moments like either playing volleyball or body surfing and like hanging out on the beach. Yeah, I hated the sand. Everywhere. See, but you're not thinking about one thing that Nate has that none of us have, and he's got a really high butt crack. That's absolutely <laughs> facts. When you've got a butt crack that comes not, to like your fifth fucking vertebrae. Yeah, no, they, they it's it's a problem. Like yeah. MRIs and stuff. <laughs> They're like, we got sand in here from 1984. Yeah, it's, it's long and it's deep, and it's 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 it's, it's, it's you don't want to you don't want to deal with any of that. Wow. Uh, all right, so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna snag, and maybe mine's gonna be obvious too. But I'm gonna snag Jason Siegel here. I mean, he writes this movie and he stars in it, and it's just. I mean, you know, like like Zach's opened with, you know, it's darn near perfect if it's not, and and he he is the force behind it. Uh, he's great in every scene. He's pitch perfect in terms of his delivery. The writing is really really good. Um, he's I, a damn good actor too. He's like, a he's, he's a, a really, really good, actor. legitimately good actor. And I guess you know, I mean, he's he's had a good career. He's been in a lot of things, but given how well this came off, he wrote a few more things that he starred in the five year engagement. Uh, sex tape maybe is the one that he he's, does the screenplay and he is the star of, and it's probably pretty underrated. I think actually it's really funny. I think it's the weakest um, of his. It of his is. Catalog. It might be well, but it's I mean, not terrible. It's still I mean, okay. The, the you Muppet know? movies. Uh, well, did you did any of you actually those. watch the Muppet movie? <laughs> no, I did bro. Not, no. You should watch it. It actually is a very charming, fun movie. I'm sure, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure it is charming and fun, Brad. I'll take your word for it. Uh, anyway, Dude, so, so Man I, yeah. or Muppet is a great song. It was, it was nominated for a fucking Oscar. Is that like human or uh, are we human or are we dancer? Is that the same? Yeah, that, I, I can also yeah. do that one as well. <laughs> my man. All right. Or my Muppet. <laughs> if I'm a Muppet. I'm a very manly Muppet. <laughs> <laughs> sounds really good. It's a good song. <laughs> no, I meant this song sounds really good. Your voice obviously sounds beautiful, but yeah. <laughs> All right. So I got 
I'm just going to piggyback on you guys, but I'm going to also just tie in the connection to the Dracula, the musical that's somehow woven through this movie that works surprisingly without at all making it cheesy, without at all making it a Muppet movie. And the music actually having like the heart that doesn't deflect from the movie or distract you and it actually adds to it, which is really when you say that, right? Isn't it funny that, you know, a Muppet a Muppet musical kind of about Dracula singing about About love. Dracula is like what is like part of one of the connected to the heart of the movie a little bit well i mean so for me right on that point right like the 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 embodiment of that is in a single line right which is the last line of the key song which he says you know it's die 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 i can't can't. (laughs) and it's like delivered both it's like simultaneously the like so funny and silly and so profound yeah. And you're just like, oh, my oh, God, like damn. it's a perfect metaphor and also ridiculous. Right. Like at the same time, it's just so good. It's so good. So I got a little bit of all that. that that's what I got from my snag. It's uh, old Jason Siegel, but Dracula, the musical. So my snag is uh, the idea of using quick flashbacks to make a point. Dude, that's there's so funny. There's it's multiple times well. in the movie where uh, somebody kind of thinks back real quick about like, oh shit, I'm in this situation, and they start thinking back to like previous moments, and they they do it really well in this movie. It's just like the, a quick jump back to all of a sudden imagining, oh, that's how I was, or that's how I behaved, or that's how that person behaved. And I call it Family Guy moment. Yeah, a little a little Family Guy moment, a little a quick flashback. I, I really dug it. There's a little bit of this in 40-Year-Old Virgin that's executed pretty well, too, but not as well as in this movie. I mean, they do it in all types of movies. If you think of, like, uh, The Usual Suspects, I mean, when they finally realize it's uh, who, yeah. who uh, Kevin Spacey is. But, I mean, but this one, I mean, what, what you're picking up, right, is, like, this is this is thrown in multiple times and used kind of, the device is used similarly as, like, a series of flashes that, you know, just yeah, they're perfectly paced. Right, right, and, and I really dig that. So that's that's my snag for this movie. And it's also like everyone can relate to that. Right. If anyone has gone through a breakup, the thing you go through, or you know, good things, the thing you go through immediately is that flash. Yeah. You think of those moments like, oh, right. those moments meant this when I thought they meant this, or the, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, it's a hand, it's a handbag. Or what is it? What he says to the bartender? <laughs> I'm fucking with you. A little self reflection. <laughs> what do we What do we hate from this movie? This was a tough one. This was a tough one for me. But uh, Nick, what are you going with on your body bag, brother? All right. So I had to reach a little bit, but based on your guys's take on this guy, I think it's gonna be a hot take, which I'm excited about. So uh, Jack McBrayer. Oh my god. So he plays the same character in everything that he does. Pretty much. And so does Will Ferrell, but we love Will Ferrell. (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like, um, that's not to say I didn't laugh, like, at his his parts, but then you think back to Ricky Bobby and uh, the Talladega Nights, it's the exact same character. Practically, it could have been that character. He was on his honeymoon. He came back and he's working for Ricky Bobby. Um, 30 Rock, same character. So I was just thinking about that, that it's just like, I wonder. I don't know. I haven't seen him done a. a I haven't seen him do a, perform a different character. So, like I said, it's a reach. I still laugh in his in his parts. But Jack McBrayer, sorry, bud. You know what's funny is that Jack McBrayer is involved in my body bag as well. But mine is. I wanted more of an ending with Jack McBrayer and uh, uh, Maria Thayer. I wanted mm-hmm. to. I so, I guess he steps up and he wants to. I, I want to see what they're doing when they're happy at the end. Cause you get the, he's kind of like slapping her ass and it's like a little bit more like they've got it going. And I know, uh, uh, he was taught a little bit by Russell brand, like what to do, 
But I want one more scene with them. Like, what what went on in the sack when he really like turned it on? And like, I want to see them like getting funky and having some fun because I think it. they were a fun couple. Oh. And they kind of just get dropped off to the side. At they the sped end. through that a bit. Yeah, I want to see a team America. <laughs> that's, what, that's basically what I wanted. The non puppet version, the, the live action version of the team, uh, the team America. He walks oh, away from the shit. bar and he's like, off to find the mythical clitoris. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, he's a, he's he's a born in Georgia. He's got that little kind of southern accent, yeah. and he plays uh, uh, typically the same role. I mean, Fix It Felix in, in Wreck It oh, Ralph yeah. is basically the same character, and, and it's funny like he does kind of play that same character. But oh, I really yeah. like that character, so I'm I was happy that he was in this movie. So I want to body bag the arc. The, the, this is kind of a weird one. I guess I, what I would say is it's uneven. Where there are these moments where like the Mila Kunis. Her my perception of how interested she is in in Peter is really like at times I think I, it just seems like she's completely uninterested and she almost pities him. She's being nice, and exactly. And then and, and even up to that moment where like they're on the cliff and then she kind of jumps when he's gonna kiss her, and and then but then she decides in the water that that's the moment. I, I guess it felt to me like they couldn't decide exactly how to portray her sort of like slow move toward being interested in him. And so they did it in a kind of like halting way. And I don't know what I wanted them to do, but it wasn't exactly that. I, it just, it felt a little bit unbelievable when she finally kisses him. I remember having the reaction the first time, Oh, you know, was I supposed to think that that was really going to happen? And that she's like all of a sudden really into it. Cause I don't buy that. I guess I feel like she is sort of getting into him, but she doesn't want to be, she's trying to, Keep trying yeah, to decide if trying to decide that she doesn't want to be. She's trying to convince herself that she doesn't want to be. And then when he's hanging off the cliff and she's like worried about him, she realizes, oh, oh so maybe the, I really like him. But they don't give you the impression in, that she's impression worried anything or that she's trying to convince herself. No, you don't I want. Know. I think in the There's very no beginning when he's there, she's worried, and then eventually she's like tells him that she can like smell his pussy from here or whatever she tells him, which is so I like I said, I can goes, see your pussy. From it goes back to the fact that he was dating the the hot. Hollywood star before and then she's like okay there's something about this dude because if if he's the crier and then he's like pathetic on that cliff and stuff and and there's no association with Kristen Bell's character she she's but but like earlier than that she sees him in the bar do his thing and like she's super into it and and so like you you know like I said it's like there are these moments where you go oh yeah okay I see it and then it's like gone they don't make it they don't make it that far to the bar though if if Kristen Bell's not involved totally agree my body bag is tough because I love everything about this movie, but I'm going to body bag one of my idols uh, as far as a movie maker goes, and that is Judd Apatow. So I love every Judd Apatow directed, produced, or adjacent movie that he has pretty much ever done except for Funny People, which is fucking garbage. But he does one thing that I hate, and that is he drags out movies and I don't think that he does that here so it's not really the most apropos body bag because I think this movie is an appropriate length and I don't think there's a ton of stuff we could cut I think the 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 pig scene is the one thing that I cut from this movie besides that every single other one of his movies that he's either involved with produced directed or in any way shape or form involved with is 30 minutes too long by by every account. I mean, I don't know if you I guys agree. agree. It's just, my God. I think it's comedies and comedies in general. If you get to that two-hour mark with the comedy, 
a lot of times that means there's probably a lot of filler there that needs to be cut out. The, the, the big thing for me is that it's also what I like about him is that he lets the actors sit in the scene and riff and bullshit, which kind of makes it tough for him to cut shit out because yeah, he, there's well, probably just can't, a ton of gold. Of stuff. And exactly. it makes sense, like what he said about building a drama mm-hmm. first and then letting the and funny we'll, people we'll, work. Well, yeah, we'll plug the comedy in there. Yeah. Right. That explains why the length might be uh, that long. Totally. All right. We're moving on. It's getting late. It's getting wet. We're getting misted on in Nate's backyard, and we are going to move we, on we to- We get wet? I didn't know you like to get wet. <laughs> <laughs> that's topical. Training, Boom. training day. I like that. Yeah, go go listen. If you want to know what that's about, go listen to our training day pod. What, right. what, do, you, what do you think about getting wet? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brad, disappoint us all with the fact that no one from this movie is on Cameo. So I, I would like to disappoint you, but oh, no. surprisingly- and unfortunately, <laughs> formerly on Cameo, Jack McBrayer, our lovely lady Kristen Bell. What? Really? Dax Shepard's better half was on uh, Cameo for a while, hmm. but since she's former, I can't see what her price was. I guarantee you she's 300 plus. You I think, so? I think that would have been probably. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, God Does she damn. do ASMR? Frozen? She's in Frozen. Come on. Yeah. Ooh. You're charging hell. Uh, you, think, you know how many little girls want Kristen Bell to talk to them? Mm-hmm. I've I've got one at home that loves that loves frozen a lot. <laughs> is, is she it? No. The, so that we actually have we have one, not a main cast member, so not one of the main characters, but the bartender. No, not even like not even a, when I say main character, not even on the island of Hawaii. The doctor. Mm. No. Oh the. The sound, the sound engineer guy. Oh, the, oh, the yeah. Guy that's the, sound. the guy that says dark and ominous, like getting your dick <laughs> lost is a bad thing. You're going getting a little, you're going a little a bad too thing. deep. It's a great line. That's no, no. What do we got? We've got, and it's funny because you see him uh, uh, listed in two different names. Some sites go by his his young, you know, up and coming actor name Billy, but a lot of them have him listed as William Baldwin. That would be Billy. William Billy Baldwin. Really? He's on Cameo. So I'll bet he charges a pretty penny. I bet he's, I'm, my, my bid here. A lesser is, Baldwin. I'm going to say he's 170. All right. I'm going to say 250. <sighs> I mean, he's, I, I, is he, are you, how, how. That's backdraft. Close to the bottom of the Baldwin barrel are you scraping when you're, he's when in, you're talking to Billy? He's, like he's mid, in the middle? He's probably second. I'd say he and Steven are pretty. I mean, Steven was in Biodome, bro. <laughs> One of the greatest comedies of all time. It's a classic. It does that diminish? Does that diminish my uh, my take no. that this is the greatest comedy of all time? Okay, so I'm gonna go 122 dollars. And by the Price Is Right rating, uh, Zach is the winner there because Billy Baldwin's charging 150 for that personal message. There you go, Zach. Good oh, job. You won, you won something, Zach. If, I always win this fucking category. <laughs> for Billy Baldwin to give a shout out to BVK Podcast, though, we're Biz- talking $1,050. Business price. It's hilarious to me. I'm like, why did you assign that extra 50? Why not just $1,000? He's like, no, no, no. 1000 no, no. 
50. <laughs> Cameo probably takes 50 bucks. <laughs> that's <laughs> actually probably, that's the government's <laughs> charge. <laughs> my like, I need my grand to go shout out your business, but Cameo's taking 50 of that. Cameo's got to take some money so that they can pay us for our advertising, our fucking free advertising. They're going to owe us back pay for yes. years for so sure much as all pay. the people are going back to our back catalog of our pods and they're like oh my god they promoted cameo like crazy so there's a ton cameo uh, that means you need to get in quick <laughs> come on cameo <laughs> you're yeah it's gonna be the, the price is gonna be a lot higher when you've officially decide to sponsor us dudes there is a ton of stuff that is adjacent to this movie whether you're going rom-com whether you're going apatow comedy whether you're going tv movies what are we thinking on streaming bradley so you know um i'm, I'm going with the, the kind of the rom-com part of this and i could have used this uh when we did uh our last rom-com uh the crazy uh, stupid love but I'm gonna drop it here because it's got two of the main character, well, not main characters, but two of the of the characters from this movie. I'm gonna go with they came together uh, with Paul Rudd, Amy Poehler, um, Bill Hader is also in this movie, and it's a silly, absolute spoof on romantic comedies. I mean, you can tell by the title, they came together. It is a ridiculous, fun movie. Um, it's my romantic comedy. It's the one that I actually really enjoy a lot, and it's streaming on HBO Max. Damn, I have never seen that. It's good. Oh, my brother, you got to watch oh, it. Oh, damn. All right. I was... Nick, no? Oh, no. It's, it's one to watch with the wives. It is It is stupid fun. You said Amy Poehler? Paul Rudd Amy Poehler are the main characters, and they fall in love, when, and a bunch of just hijinks happen. Sweet. I, I okay. recently went to, to New York City. Oh, New was, York City's a character in this movie. New York City. And I was sitting outside of a fancy New York City restaurant, and uh, Amy Poehler walked by us twice. What? Damn. And we didn't even notice, and our friend that's from New York was like, oh, that's Amy Poehler right there. And we looked, Damn. and we were like, oh, shit, it is Amy Poehler. <laughs> you got to watch They Came Together then. It, it brings all the New York and Amy Poehlerness that you want it comes together <laughs> i love that so my streaming recommendation i've got four and i'm going to run them through super quick so freaks and geeks i've recommended this before and none of you guys have watched it yet it's fucking amazing i've watched like four episodes jason siegel it's so good it's only one season which is one of the saddest things ever apatow produced it's got seth rogan jason siegel linda carlini freaking james franco it's got everybody it's so good. Five-year engagement. Also directed by the same director that did this. I really liked it. Uh, Emily Blunt, uh, Chris Pratt, Allison Brie, Jason Segel. Great cast. It's not near as good as this movie, but it's a very good romantic comedy. And the last one I'm going to go with because we're on the beach in Hawaii and we're hanging out there. We're going White Lotus, which is a series on HBO Max, which I don't know. I think Nate just finished it. Weird. Dude, I've started it was it. good, but very weird. weird, and I really dug it. So go check those out. I know that's a lot of recommendations. Nate, you got a streaming rec for us? I do. I feel like I might have done this one before on the pod, but I don't care. I'll do it every week. Uh, so actually, Zach's wife, uh, knowing that I'm the rom-com master, uh, was bored at work and asked me for a, a streaming a rom-com streaming recommendation. Time out, time out. You just did you this. You did this on the week. last, on, on Crazy Stupid Did Love. I do the same yes. one? Yeah. I'm going to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Uh, so if you haven't seen it or you didn't listen to my recommendations last <laughs> week. <laughs> 
watch Sleeping with Other People, Jason Sudeikis, Allison Brie. I, apparently, I'm a one-trick pony. But God damn, I'm going to have to watch this movie it's, now. It's on, it's on Prime with the AMC add-on, and it's so good that uh, you should watch it tw- two weeks in a row. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot that you watched it last week, and go ahead and watch it again. That is fucking hilarious. All right. As we said... This is a perfect movie. We've got one more thing to talk about before we slip into the night, boys. Does anybody have an alternate ending or a reshelf it for this movie? We're going to go into uh, Bev's Video Kingdom. We hear that little bell that goes off when you walk in. You put your videos in the little slot right next to the door that falls down so that they can, so that you can return them so you don't get those late fees. And then you're going to grab Forgetting Sarah Marshall and you're going to take it to another part of the video store. I'm going to throw it to Nikki. What you got, big boy? Uh, I'm going to ramp up. Sorry if I'm stepping on Brat. Oh, wait. I am going to step on yours because you said something about ramping up the puppets, huh? No, 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 not at all. All right. So, I stayed away from the puppets. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first time for everything. <laughs> ramping up the puppets in this and taking it towards uh, the Team America, you know, rated R, rated uh, NC-17. So it's Peter creating the puppets to start the movie. It's kind of him. It's showing him actually creating the doing, I guess, the sewing himself, whatever, creating them. Ooh, like Geppetto. They come to life. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's really like Geppetto. And they see and they witness him, and he doesn't know that they've come to life, and they witness him go through this breakup, They and they basically stow away on the plane with him to Hawaii. And it's all about them trying to um, fuck with Sarah Marshall. First of all, when they find out, and it's like them getting the hijinks and sabotaging Sarah Marshall and Aldous Snow, but then also helping. And he's trying to hide them from people? No, they don't know that. No, he, they don't know. Like, they stowed away, so they're just hiding. He has no idea that they came to life. And they're just helping him, like, oh, just so he, randomly. Oh, so unbeknownst to Siegel. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then he's they're, they're helping him and Rachel kind of get into romantic situations. And then the two just happen to, because it's Dracula and, the, and his lover, Right, or the two that come to life, they have their own romantic thing. So that, you know, the scene when they're doing like the loud, you know, they're having sex loud and they're yelling and everything banging on the door while Dracula and the and his uh and his bride, they're also having loud, you know, messy hot hot sex too. I love Peter that. and Siegel, they think they hear something yelling and they like stop for a second and then Dracula and his wife stop for a second and then they go at it again and they keep making noise and um, so is there like the moment, like a Toy Story moment, where where the, the, the puppets like go limp whenever he comes around so they don't know, and then like maybe he grabs one of them and like jerks off into one of them, and then they have to wake up, they have to wake up later all ashamed that they got, the, the, that they got come done? Yes, there's, and that's why this is a collaboration between you guys I like and, and myself. <laughs> and then really quick, I just had like another one, it was just, it was a- it I like was, that idea, Nick, that was a good idea. It was a horror movie one. Coming on puppets. Horror movie one. Where like the phone does kill you, it's called <laughs> Hello. That's that's the name. That's what I got, and I don't got a lot more. I just I felt like it had to be talked about. There was a random thing on IMDb that said that uh, I guess Kristen Wiig was actually in a movie where the phone's like trying yes. to kill people, yeah. and they didn't yeah. they didn't know that, and yes. they had her do that whole scene, which yeah. is fucking hilarious. Yeah. Brad, um, yeah, so I'm gonna throw a reshelf here, and it's gonna be a, a little bit of a bigger reshelf because no longer does it involve Jason Siegel. But uh, we're going to go ahead, and you know what? I didn't talk about him much in this pod, but kind of like my love for Brick Tamlin, I kind of have a big love for uh, uh, Kunu, because Kunu is a very funny character. He's absurd pretty much all the times that he's on the scene, 
And so I want to put Kunu in a kind of a point breakish spoof comedy. Oh, damn. That's We're going to have 90 minutes of Kunu getting, uh, you know, beat up by the locals, uh, smoking weed with tourists and catching big waves. Um, he gets caught up in an evil real estate agent's plan to turn the Turtle Bay Resort into a shopping mall. And through a lot of chill, a lot of nonsensical sayings and, you know, good vibes, he's able to thwart the sinister bad guy's plans. And well, so I just want my 90-minute Kunu that's movie. That's one of your... That's, Dude, that's it. a movie that you need to make. <laughs> it speaks to how fucking strong all the players are in this movie that we barely talked about Kunu at all. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and, which is one of the... I, I I think I've said this previously on the pod, but like I, I've pulled this one out occasionally when I've been like, like a, a trainer that I've worked out with <laughs> who like is constantly telling me to do things differently. And I'm like, I'm doing exactly what you're saying. Do less. No, <laughs> do, do more. Less. You're doing too much. Do more. I'm like, you know, you're just like Kuno, right? <laughs> it's, it's just a classic class. It's a classic bit. Okay. So I'm going to jump in real quick. My alternate ending is not really an alternate ending as much as I want get him to the Greek to be a different movie. Get him to the Greek sucked. I think that Matthew, the waiter as Jonah Hill, they took Jonah Hill put him into this other movie and then got rid of the amazing character of Matthew yeah. the Waiter. Yeah, that seems like a bad move. It's so dumb. So I'm thinking we just have a movie about Matthew the Waiter working at the resort, selling weed from the resort. Whoa. He's just freaking, you know, maybe he does some open mic stuff. We get to hear some of his jams. I mean... Well, why not, why not give him like, you know, why not have him like, you know, he gets fired because of all his weird antics with uh, for selling with, weed, exactly. Well, yeah, and so they both show up at the airport and then somehow get stranded there together. Oh, that's so good. he, you know, they've got him like, and Brand. Yeah, I love that. So like instead of instead of you know they're still together and they still have to get somewhere, but it's like they accidentally are there together and they're still very annoyed by each other. And then, uh, he kind of becomes his, his, his like assistant or his like his roadie or something. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's perfect. So that's that's the movie, right? Exactly. And he's like he's like just like almost like champ from Anchorman like like slightly in love with him too at totally, the same time yeah. the whole time. Which is sort of a, I mean and that you know like that is a bit of a confusing part, right? He comes off as though he's like romantically yes. attracted to him but then there's times when you're like wait he's just a total fanboy and like he you know there's that line is blurred and like that's the, yeah the awkward the, touching is that, that's is, kind yes. of, that's one of the fun that's one of the fun parts of the the it's, characters you're just like i don't know what's going on here i, I, I have no idea what he's what, trying to what, what is your relationship you know, he's like, he's, you're gonna have to walk away now or whatever he says uh, <laughs> show your gift i just think that that was a big swing and a miss by the people that produced totally and directed agree. that movie yeah that, that seems like a really bad one Oh my gosh, guys! Thank you so much for indulging my forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh, this is fetish. a great one. I, I love, love it. it. So is this your this is your favorite comedy? It's not your favorite movie. Oh, not even close to my favorite movie. And I don't. I I, I I'm not a big comedy guy. I do like certain movies a lot, and I will rewatch them a lot. And this was one that I didn't even rewatch in the past week because I've seen so many times that I just. It's it's a go to. Like I, I watch I bought this one because you were raving about it one time. Really? Months ago. Yeah, this is like maybe a couple of years ago. I was like, I gotta buy it. I also maybe, own yeah. it. And I had seen it a few times, but I was like, Yeah, he's right. This is that good and I'm gonna buy it and watch it. Well, there's a lot of uneven comedies out there, and this is one that just consistently keeps up its pace for pretty yep. much the entire movie. Like it doesn't have that spot where you're just like, Okay, now it's kind of like falling off. And, and for all the comedy elements, none of them miss, right? Like the you could you could imagine that with the coon and the you know the newlyweds and the different element you know the, the the silly you know like all the bit players clip, yeah and all the silly clips from the TV show like some you know 
something's going to miss, and just nothing misses. Bringing Jason, ba- Jason Bateman in late oh. for the nice little like pinch hit at the very end of the movie is pretty nice, too. Uh, yeah. Love me some Jason Bateman. All right, boys. Hey, everybody, get on those social medias. Let's give us a little bit of a follow on Apple iTunes podcasts. I want to see everybody leaving us a review again. Subscribe. At least read through the, the reviews because there's actually some pretty funny <laughs> There's some funny reviews. And, and hey, if you guys leave us a funny review, even better. Wait, Brad, when does this come out? Uh, this spot will be out on the week uh, the week of the twenty second of November. Okay, so no, the week the week of the twenty second. So I'll give you guys until December tenth. We're gonna look at every one that has gone in between today, the twenty second to December tenth. We're gonna randomly pick one. We'll reach out, and then we're gonna send you guys a pack of stickers, and you guys can uh, vandalize whatever wherever you're at your school, nursing home, place of work, whatever it is. Thanks for coming out, guys. Bye-bye. Start